Blog Talk Radio. Well, there you go. Here it is. It's Friday. And here on Block Talk Radio, it's the Influencers at Partners in Excellence Media. It's Freedom Fridays. And I'm Dr. Deb Carlin, and I'm here with my host, Dr. Charlie Cartwright. How are you, Charlie Cartwright? Doing great. How are you today? Tell you what, I got my groove on. <laughs> I really do. It's spring. You know what I love about spring? People get really crabby because they say, well, for crying out loud, it's spring. It's supposed to be warm. No. I figured out a long time ago, spring is that boing, boing between winter and summer. So it gets cold. It gets warm. It springs back and forth. Why don't people understand that? What do they think spring means? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I've never even thought about it that way, but it's true. Yeah. And I would say, oh, that's what the smell is. Well, you need to smell the mark. And I love that. So we're both really busy with our businesses. I thought 2020 was kind of busy, but 2021 is really, people need a lot of help me out with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I love resilience. And they were talking about you know, the coaching space and that, you know, they're talking about competition between people that do professional coaching and whatnot. And I don't want to share this person with this because they might take this away from that whole scarcity mentality and they're saying, look, there's more demand than ever before. There's not enough coaches right now to even supply the demand that's out there for people that need help and get the space. Yeah. But I've noticed my disconnect frequency yeah. has went up. Yeah. In 
Told me about this. I love your routine. coffee houses that we had in the 60s and the 70s. Those were great. You know, people weren't in there drinking. People were in there um, having coffee. There was beautiful folk music that was playing. And there there was, um, I, oh, boy, speaking of phones, responding. <laughs> the, 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 the atmosphere was lovely. And let me interject this. One of the things that I absolutely miss is sitting down with my family as a kid and as a grown-up for meals. Good morning for breakfast, you know, go out in the kitchen and wait for everybody else to come in and, you know, get the beverages ready and food and have conversation. And and once upon a time when the newspaper was substantive, oh, I love going out to get the newspaper. Or I, t- I trained my dog to go out and get the newspaper. I had a Labrador. She'd go out and she'd get the newspaper, and it was her job, and she'd come trotting back really happy, you know. 
every now and again, she would run away with the newspaper, but <laughs> that added to the morning delight, right? And and now, I don't want the newspaper. Get the newspaper away. I don't want all that garbage in terms of content, and I don't want extra trash to have to worry about. And and I'm, you know, I don't want to sound pathetic or anything, but I'm waking up, and it's just me, and I'm making a pot of coffee thinking, let's see, you know, beautiful. And it, and it is beautiful, but there's this wonderful about starting the day like that. And if you really having a good time you had the monopoly game sitting there from like four days ago <laughs> so you had to make the moves what a great way to start a day you know or lunch or over dinner or something yeah we were uh, we played a lot of board games back then and monopoly was at the top i think and i was really Really good at monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> were you? Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was. I was the. I was the champion. I think. You were ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some games out there. Uh, unbelievable amount of games out there. Really good. But How about Scrabble? There's a game about business out there that uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Oh really? Really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these games are a little more pricey than getting a Hasbro game off the shelf. Okay. Do you really learn while you're having fun? Right. Really? something that I think, for sure, when when my kids have kids someday, that's a game that I'm definitely going to encourage. And, uh, you know, for the grandkids to learn financial principles you know, a lot of the other you're having fun, but then you can then relate that directly to your life. Man, I want to play it now. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's called Cash Flow. So check it out, Robert Kiyosaki. Let's uh, check your dad off. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy. Does he have one on cryptocurrency yet? I don't, I don't know, but, you know... I'm glad you mentioned that because I was very dismissive of that. Me too. And I don't know much about it at all. Yeah, I'm learning. You know, there are real players in there now. And I know, you know, recently, you know, a month, uh, there's a lot of money into it. Yep. He said, you can buy a Tesla with crypto You can buy website. You can buy almost anything with cryptocurrency now. Wow. Well, I've got to learn about it. And this is just not into this book. You can learn about it. Right. And we're going to get it pretty quick. So I'm going to go with the uh, 15, 15 minutes a day. So just going to a couple of years.
cryptocurrency and I got to tell you what you and I should team up and we could in terms of our Freedom Fridays give people segments in here about cryptocurrency every week because it is fascinating I was afraid of it I thought it had cooties and I thought no way what's going on here what's this additional scam you know like it's a whatever I don't want to say any brand names that I think are scams will get us in trouble um, but the the reality of 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 it and the amount of money it is amazing that you can make quickly is amazing. Now you have to watch it, it's just like anything, right? With any investment. But I tell you it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to learn about it and, and uh, you know, I'm excited to learn about it. I get really tired of that. Right, exactly. Well, you know, I think that in terms of everything that we're looking at, I've been encouraged about the world situation, and I'll give you a couple reasons why. When, you know, I'm, you and I are both very active on social media, and by the way, I finally had the corrections on LinkedIn that I had, that I had talked to you about. I was posting, it was like, failed. <laughs> What do you mean failed? What kind of test are we having here? So I finally, I don't even know what I did, but I got rid of all the failed messages. I just deleted them and started fresh. And now it's taking my videos and my posts. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm a hero. And so you're Dr. Charlie Cartwright. Dash cam, Charlie Cartwright. You're my hero on on, uh, LinkedIn. So, you know, on LinkedIn, it's not so much, but on Facebook, um, various friends of mine who really stay clean on the political scene nationally and globally have been posting about the ways in which people are coming together very peacefully. There's no riots. There's no protesting. But people just come together to make the statement in stillness, we're not doing this, whatever this is. We're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, and cut it out. We are people. We're smart. Leave us alone. Let us, you know, let us live our lives again. And I think to myself, they're, they're really, they're so much more courageous than me. I used to think that I was courageous, but I'll tell you, the world looks pretty scary, and I don't want to be stepping out much to say anything. Now, here in Zoom, you know <laughs> I feel kind of safe in here, but um, I'm encouraged by that. And then the the other thing that I'm really encouraged about is in the entrepreneurial community, in the startup community, there are so many people launching, you know, coming in for money, launching and doing their business and making it happen. It's refreshing. Yeah. Areas of life right now is just create great opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's right. There will be 
pick up the books and there's the thing on the way that they do. Right, exactly. They pick up the books and Right. Right? And so, yeah, if you've seen that active participant, you know, I used to play football. It was now, I look at it, I can take those balls and all that stuff. How did we do that? It was such a part of the game. Yeah. To keep going down hard and down hard. You know, and you do that over and over again. I know. Why is it, <laughs> you know, in our friendships, 
We want everything to float. But why is it in romantic relationships we want a little bit of a challenge? I mean, and, and a lot of women think, oh, it's just guys. You know, they want the chase. And, you know, so don't be too available. And you, you got to play this flirty game and stay away. Oh, no, no, I'm so busy. And all this kind of stuff. You know, don't, don't kiss me. You know, this kind of thing. But it's not just men. It's also women, at least this woman. You know, I want a nice, stable relationship with a little bit of a spark to it. I don't want somebody who's just, you know, like following me around. You know, what is that? Why, why not? Why don't we want somebody... Just to be there and have it be, what is that in the human dynamic? I want to hear your perspective about this. And top of the morning, cheerio. <laughs> New conversation. Oh, <laughs> Loaded, right? It is. about this with somebody, a client, just yesterday, about the ways in which when we come home to, you know, like when 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 we're living with someone and, and we come home, don't we want to be celebrated every time we come in the door? And and I mean I did that when I was when I was married. My husband used to think I was hilarious because <laughs> he was a good man. Um Every single time you came home, I, I I would greet him at the door and say, I am so glad you came back to me. Thank you for coming home. You know, this is great. Oh, yes. You're <laughs> <laughs> 
German Shepherd and a um, and a yellow Labrador boy German uh, girl lab. <laughs> Sometimes when my husband would come in the house, he never knew what to expect exactly. And I and I I would have Mr. Kiefer sit there and have a little fedora hat on, and I'd take one of my husband's ties and do a windsor knot and put the tie on him. And I had him really well trained so that you know they'd be sitting in the in the entryway of the house, you know about. 10 feet back from the front door, just waiting, looking. And then on Sandy, the um, Labrador, I'd put, I'd put lipstick on and I'd kiss her uh, on, on the cheek so she'd be, you know, be real obvious, big red cheek, <laughs> kiss on her cheek. And I'd have a little necklace on her, <laughs> a little sweater or something. <laughs> and my husband would walk in, I'd have a purse on my arm, you know, and say, okay. Welcome home. <laughs> do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to go for a ride? What do you want to do? And it was just fun and funny. And it's a good way to live your life. It's a really good way to live your life. that as people and we don't I mean why don't we do that with our spouse when they go to give the favor yay <laughs> came back in I love it that you went to get the paper and you came back in of course if someone looks at you like you're nutty so what start laughing why not have that joy and you know like how about when we do go out and we do work or we do the groceries or we do whatever it is we're doing and we, you know, come trudging back in. No. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm back home. Yeah, and it's part of life, too, that even now, coming back to that, I'll start wearing these. 100%. That's right. A thousand. You just never know, like, I, 
that I think about a lot, and, and, and in some ways I, I always have, is the ways in which we are so cavalier. We're cavalier about everything. You know, the assumption that you're going to wake up in the morning, the assumption that you're going to leave and come back, the assumption that you get the rest of the day and then you get tomorrow. I don't want, I don't want to invite people to live in a state of fear. Quite the contrary, not fear at all, but an awareness and an appreciation for reality. You know, when I when I think about oh my God, I am such a physical person. I I love every time I see someone, big hug and and you know, just so affectionate and lovely and and, you know, sit close and have coffee and, you know, reach over and touch the person. <laughs> Oh my God, it's agonizing. It's it's just you know this whole separation. I mean, I I I just want to go to the grocery store and stand next to somebody in line. <laughs> You're supposed to keep the social distance there. You know, I I kind of don't miss the crowding because that's kind of icky. But I kind of miss the crowding because <laughs> it's human contact, and it's. <clears throat> It's different. You know, I'm 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 finding this is kinda of interesting. I'm kinda of finding like I, I went to my um my car dealer the other day. There was a recall on a part and so I needed to make arrangements to go over there and they were gonna have it for half the day, have the car for half the day, get a loaner. They were very nice about it. And while I was in there, um the manager came out, I know the people there, and I just I went over and I touched his forearm and, and you know, it was just a polite loving exchange 
minus the fear because it's just natural, you know, and just, oh, the fear, Charlie, the lingering effects of the fear are just so intense. And I see people, not much, but a few people, um, one gentleman in particular at my grocery store, he's a checker and he's darling, wonderful guy, probably in his 50s. He's overweight. He doesn't look like he's very healthy. I don't know if he's a smoker or not. But he doesn't just have on one mask or two masks. He wears three masks. He can hardly breathe. How many masks? Three. And I've said to him, why Why are you doing that? And he said, you know, he always, he. I, you know, I don't know how people know who I am, but he, he addresses me formally and says, you know, Dr. Carlin, I I want I want to be healthy. I want to live. And I said, honey, you need to breathe. You need to breathe. When you're here, you've got this plastic shield for crying out loud. And you you know, you you've got air circulating through this building. It's a small grocery store, but you know, sizable enough that you don't get claustrophobic in there. And I hope when you leave you take that thing off. You know, take breaks, take it off, go outside, take a walk. And he just looks at me. I mean, you know, sometimes he's literally sweating while he's at the cash register. And I'm so I'm so concerned about him and about his fear factor. And um, I don't I don't know exactly what to do about that. You know. Yeah, everyone's got to make their decisions and, and live their life. I was just listening to a book day this morning when I was getting ready. So we're just talking about brain function and how our our thoughts change our body chemistry and absolutely over time. I wanted to talk about this with you. Thank you for bringing this up. Yes. Yeah. 
community for who we have a great father your your health is optimized, attitude, everything about your body is optimized. <clears throat> when you live in that stress state, that state of fear, then those thoughts start manifesting and chemical changes in your body and so on. You know, your <clears throat> your I mean there's a lot of your heart disease graduate school, I worked with Dr. Max Pepper. Yes, he was Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) There was a real Dr. Pepper. He was a psychiatrist, and he came from Yale to St. Louis University, and he had appointments in five departments because he was doing phenomenal stuff in community medicine, which was amazing. So, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. 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 Everybody did. (laughs) And everybody thought they were so unique, you know. (laughs) And his wife was an epidemiologist, and guess what? She was Dr. Pepper, too. So we had Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. We had Dr. Pepper Exponential. We had Dr. Pepper Squared. (laughs) We had all kinds of nonsense. But... We, he, he was big in Physicians for Social Responsibility. And so he was part of the Helsinki Physicians for Social Responsibility. And, and he came back from Helsinki, and, and, and there was a project called Peaceful Exhibitions of Art by Children Everywhere using the acronym PEACE, which was beautiful, right? So all the physicians went back to their countries, back to their to their uh, towns, their cities, their states, and the job was to get kids from preschool through high school to draw their interpretation of what peace meant. And we wanted to look and see if they focused on peace or war, life or devastation. It was very interesting. In St. Louis, Missouri, we had more than 4,000 pieces of artwork that we collected. And it was my project with Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and for more than two years, we sifted through, we organized, and then he taught me how to do psychoanalytic interpretations of art. Now, yeah, let me tell you, it is fascinating what it is that you see, okay? But in the midst of that, back to your story about stress, he had me read the most incredible, I have a library of books and materials about nuclear impact and a lot about World War II and Japan and Hiroshima and, and the, the, the atomic bomb, right? And the stress of that. Now, what was so fascinating is that you can have two people together You and I could be right there, Charlie, and the bomb goes off 
We both lived through that. One of us walks away healthy with no health implications from it at all, and the other gets the most prevalent thing was leukemia, you know? You just radiated, and, and your body is just totally compromised. So psychiatrists started studying what are the what are the things that are happening here the psychological implications and 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 things like that gave rise to really organized beautiful research in psychoneuroimmunology in psychoneuroendocrinology where we can see that the impact of stress given what it is that we're thinking consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, it's all tied to, you know, the thought, the emotion, the release of neurotransmitters into our bloodstream that control everything automatically, right? And so you see all these cellular changes, thus functional medicine, where we're looking at a functional body, a functional human being, the functions on a cellular level of what's happening, what's the impact of all this stress. The thing that I really wanted to talk with you about today, and so we're, re- we're leading right into it, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was telling me about all the stress that they've been through and that they know that it shortens their life. And I said, but it doesn't have to. Because we know that we can do things with the mind. With the mind, I mean, Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton, thank you very much, quantum University, thank you very much. We've got good, credible research with brain scans, thousands and thousands and thousands. And we are looking at people and looking at their at their blood and at their brains and seeing you can regenerate the things that you've destroyed. And people don't believe it. And it I, I you know, I gotta get out here and shout and scream about it because Stop giving in, right? I mean, come on, Charlie, Dr. Her- Dr. Dr. Charlie Cartwright. You've been a practitioner, and, and, and we both still are immersed in the research and looking at what's going on. How do we get that message out to people about the ways in which stress will kill you, but it doesn't have to? And you've got damage, but guess what? We can actually get younger again. Yeah, it's amazing, and I think that a lot of, well, I know that a lot of dogs are getting right? Yes. when it comes to the things we're talking about. Right. People think, oh, my IQ is fixed, and I can't do anything about it, or, or my genetics is fixed, and this happened to my dad, this happened to my grandpa, therefore. And now this latest research shows that, no, you know, your thought world, the way you approach the world, impacts the way your DNA will express it. That's right. There you go. Right. Thank you. you right. So that, you're, you do have control of that. And uh, <clears throat> in the environment that you're in, right? So it's just, it's just so amazing to, to take a look at that. And again, what I found, and you have to, make peace with this, right? What I found is that people that are wanting to improve, that are truly looking for something better in their life, will, when they come across a piece of 
valuable information that they will latch on to her and really prove it to themselves, right? All of a sudden, they're going to look at it. They're going to start. They're going to start. They build their own knowledge and then consult with experts and, and, and do it at an extra rate. Where people that are in that fixed mindset, right? Regardless, you think the evidence right in front of them and oh, I'm going to that. Okay. There's no, there's really nowhere to go with that. But if someone exposes their mind off right. to information, and the reality is that this is vital life-saving information and information that can change your, your, your human experience for the better. I wouldn't do anything. If you told me that, hey, that probably, uh, you go out in your backyard you know, you get a spoonful, a teaspoonful of dirt and eat it every day, and it'll, it'll, it'll give you another two decades of life. I'd go and research it if you're right. I could get my, my teaspoonful of soil every day. You know what I mean? If, if, it was, if the research helped that, right? So, Charlie, you know, it has. It has. Yeah, no. I want you to go out there. There is that research. So you, you, you do the dirt today. Now, you're talking about an 80-pound dog that 
It is. It's wonderful. That's great. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Those are the sad babies that maybe some of that today, three months, but his mask, his structure, because it really be terrible experience. So now we've got to, we have the next few days, we've got to take a bite Yeah. But Dr. Dev, I don't look at it. that you shared that it's so courageous to allow yourself to get out of your way for the benefit of that that animal and their comfort and and it's such a very very hard thing to do but just tell you briefly my German Shepherd had to be put down first he lived to be 13 which like goes into the world record of you know longevity it's a 123, 125 pound dog. He stood up on his back legs. He was over six feet tall. He was a big boy. And Sandy and I just had a terrible time trying to survive that. And she became really compromised. And she was 15. And when when I when when we put him down, I took her with me to the vet clinic, a veterinarian, a good friend of mine. And I was crying so hard. And he said, Dove, my God, you're breaking my heart. What can I do?" I said, "Put." Sandy down and then put me down. And he said, oh, I have to put myself down, too. I'm not doing it. And when I went and put Sandy down, five weeks later, I mean, I thought I was just going to crumble into a mass on the floor. It is so much love that we have in our hearts for life and for one another and for everything beautiful. And bless your heart for sharing that. You know, I, I in closing, in our last one minute here, I hope that what everybody hears on Freedom Fridays with you and I every week is our concern, our compassion, our love of life, love of one another, love of our show, love of our country, love of our freedoms, 
in our health and well-being, right? Mm. And we're here as the influencers. All right. My darling host, co-host, I will um, hang on with me for a minute. We will end this episode and say goodbye to our guests. Until next week, this is Dr. Deb Carlin, Dr. Charlie Cartwright. <laughs>